All right, Tom and I have been wanting to do our summary of No Time to Die for a while now, so here it is. Come on, Bond. Where the hell are you? Up, sir! That pretty All much right. sums it up, Dan. Blown up, sir. All right, that's where Bond is. That's our summary of No Time to Die. All right. All right. Since we, we got the whole damn franchise with that one little bit. Since we got a long time to wait for another James Bond movie, it seems, we're looking for ways that EM Productions may be able to get out of the corner that they painted themselves into at the end of No Time to Die. Hi, this is Dan. And Tom. Oh, SpyMovieNavigator.com and our show, Cracking the Code of Spy Movies. All right, let's try to save Bond. Should we really, with the way they ended that catastrophe of a movie? We're going to try to help them out of the corner. That's what we're going to do right now. Well, they, they sure Sarah. painted themselves into a corner. Yeah. Now, look, Q tried to teach James Bond two things all along, right? And James Bond sometimes does not listen to Q. But... <laughs> He never returns the equipment back in one piece. No, but in this particular case, Q says to James Bond. Now, pay attention, 007. I've always tried to teach you two things. First, never let them see you bleed. And the second? Always have an escape plan. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, Bond has been trained to have an escape plan always. Yeah, it just seems uh, sometimes Bond doesn't listen to Q, and certainly <laughs> in No Time to Die, did he have an escape plan? Ah, not a it good didn't one. Seem like it. <laughs> <laughs> Having himself blown up is not exactly an escape plan to me. No, Q would not be proud of that one. So even here, Bond had to ask Q what the second one was. What's the second thing you tried to teach me? What did you forget? He's been trying to teach you all along. It's only two things. Two things. Yeah. You have to remember. <laughs> Don't let him see you bleed and always have an escape plan. All right. So anyway, I guess James Bond really didn't heed Q's advice here at the end of No Time to Die since he is blown, blown up, up, sir. <laughs> All right, Dan, let's get crazy. Yeah, now, Dan, we, we've said on earlier episodes that we weren't going to speculate on nah. what was going to happen in the James Bond movies from a hiring perspective. Correct. We're not going to talk about hiring ideas. Ew. Let's just talk about some crazy, wacky ways that Eon Productions can get out of this corner they've painted themselves in. Because as we know, James Bond was... He is dead. And they wanted to make sure that we thought he was dead at the end of No Time to Die. What a great idea that was. What well, a stupid idea that was. Yeah. You can, I mean, I mean, people... How do you watch another Bond movie, no matter what they do, and not go, okay, he's no longer invincible? You know the end game. He's dead. To me, it's not even the end game. It's always he, he, he's invincible. He can always figure a way out. Well, here, let's look at what Fleming Ian Fleming, who created Bond, let's see what he had to say about killing off Bond. Is it possible that one of these days we'll read a James Bond novel in which the hero was killed at the end? I couldn't possibly afford it. <laughs> okay, Ian Fleming said, I'm not killing off Bond, I couldn't possibly afford it. But 
Daniel the, goose Craig. The, the, the goose that laid the golden egg. <laughs> yeah. Daniel Craig and Ian Productions know better. All right. Well, maybe they, now Barbara and Michael have so much money, they can afford to kill him off. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, really, they wanted to make it very clear to us at the end of No Time to Die, really, that Bond is dead. And Barbara goes on and talks about this kind of stuff as well. But hey, let's remember then what Bones, Dr. McCoy, in Star Trek said about Spock dying. He's really not dead. As long as we remember it. So, thanks uh, for that, uh, Dr. McCoy. And thank you, Eon. We will try to remember Bond. James Bond. Sounds like a, <laughs> sounds like a song from the movie The Fantastics. Try to remember. <laughs> yeah. All right. But Leonard Nimoy, who, of course, played Spock in Star Trek, was asked one time, hey, you died in Star Trek The Wrath of Khan, but now you're signed up for the next movie, Star Trek Three. What's going on? And Leonard Nimoy replied, in science fiction, no one ever dies. <laughs> and this is one of the reasons I'm not a huge science fiction fan. <laughs> uh, but I love it because it's true, right? Much like Leonard Nimoy said of science fiction, no one ever dies. It's the same thing in fiction. So we're going to talk now about ways that James Bond might have survived or lived or may be able to live on because they told us James Bond will return. <laughs> that they did. You had to wait through like seven minutes of credits to see it or something. However long that was, it was huge length. Yeah. Well, here, James Bond is fiction. You know, Fleming made all this up, right? Fleming created James Bond in 1953 by putting ink to paper and creating one of the most legendary and persistent characters in all of literature. Bond is not quite up there with Sherlock Holmes yet, but he has survived in a way <laughs> for over 60 years so far. So not bad. Till the end of No Time to Die, of course. Which was not <sighs> Fleming novel. Hey, Bond. Where's your escape plan? <laughs> yeah, Q told you that, right? All right, we know it is spun as Bond making the supreme sacrifice, his life, to save the world, and more specifically, to save his wife and daughter. Yeah, it wasn't necessarily to save anybody but those two. Yeah, I, yeah, he's kind of saving the world, too, by blowing all the stuff up, whatever, right? But And then having the missiles coming in to destroy the island... But we know the power of Project Heracles, right? It's a DNA programmable nanobot bioweapon developed under the supervision of M. Project Heracles' nanobots target a certain person for death in no time to die through their DNA, but are harmless to any other person without a particular without that particular DNA. But well, now, of course, just, and it wasn't just targeting a person; it could you could target a race. You could talk about yeah. a family DNA. line. Right. Right. Whoever has that DNA. Yeah. But now, you know, Safin, the bad guy in No Time to Die, <laughs> <laughs> he turns this into a weapon of potential mass destruction for price. He's trying to sell it. But he made sure that Bond was caught in the middle of it. If he survives Bond, his daughter and wife would certainly die eventually. Okay, so he's the hero. Barbara Broccoli said he's made the supreme sacrifice, blah, blah, blah. Oh, isn't that fantastic? We killed off Bond, but he died for the right reasons. Oh, isn't he great? Oh, 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 oh man. Yeah, yeah Barbara, Bond 
is dead. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Houston, we have a problem, as the Apollo 13 astronaut said. <laughs> yeah. Bond is dead. Yeah, we who stayed for the very last words on the screen when we went to see No Time to Die, we saw the ever-famous James Bond will return. The dude yeah. just got blown up. How the heck is James Bond going to return? Yeah, well, sure. Hey, why kill the goose that lays the gold eggs? Like he said before, Tom. Well, oh, oh, wait a minute. They did. <laughs> yeah, so they now did. what? Blown up, sir. Blown up, sir. You should have listened to Q again. All right. But let's remember, this is fiction. We all remember Sherlock Holmes dies. In 1891, just four years after his first Holmes publication, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle wrote to his mother saying he was thinking of killing off Holmes, basically because Holmes was ruling his life. His mother said, no. But in 1893, Doyle wrote The Final Problem. Bond should have listened to Q. Doyle should have listened to his mother. To his mother. And does he? Mm, eventually, yeah, maybe. So in The Final Problem, Holmes and his arch rival, Moriarty plunge off a cliff into Reichenbach Falls to their deaths. Wow. Hey, you know, look at No Time to Die. Everybody dies in No Time to Die. All of Spectre, Blofeld, Felix Leiter, Bond, everybody. So here you got the same thing in Holmes, the final problem. And Dan, we also know that Ian Fleming, in the conclusion to his fifth James Bond novel, From Russia with Love, and if you remember in the movie when she's got the, the poisoned uh, shoe, you know, the yes. knife at the end of her shoe, in the book, he gets poisoned in it, yes. unlike what we saw in the movie. So maybe Fleming was going to kill off Bond, too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and even if you look at what uh, the book, You Only Live Twice, in that one, Bond ends up being a Japanese fisherman with amnesia. Yes, true, in the book, yep. So was Fleming twice now giving himself an out to get out of Bond? It could know. be, and it could be the same reason Arthur Conan Doyle said. It, it's consuming you. It's it's ruling your life. But Sir Arthur Conan Doyle received such an outcry from Holmes fans demanding that Holmes return. They would not accept his death, and Doyle, feeling trapped to keep Holmes alive, indeed, resurrects Sherlock Holmes in 1903 after 10 years and writes Holmes stories until the last one published in 1927. So really, Holmes has been adapted in one form or another for a hundred years or more now. Well, that's, that's, that's pretty darn good. But I will say, it was 10 years later. And at the pace on Productions is going, we could be right 10 track. years later for the <laughs> Bond 26. If they're, they're right on track. <laughs> I mean, Amazon's got to make them do another one, right? I mean, they, yeah. didn't, they didn't buy that company to not have another bond. Not just for the library, I don't think. And we got to remember, again, Spock from Star Trek sacrificed his life for the good of the many in Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. 1982, this was. Yet, in Star Trek III, The Search for Spock, which came out in 1984, Spock is brought back to life through a very dangerous procedure that we're not going to go into. <laughs> I don't know how much more dangerous it could be. You're dead already. But <laughs> anyway, they got him back to life. But fiction deaths, much like Mark Twain's death when he was still alive, 
and the rumor was he was dead, are highly overrated. <laughs> <laughs> it's no. fiction. It's All fiction. Right. So another fictional death, if you will, was around that whole who shot JR thing in the TV oh. series Dallas. Yeah. And it ended up that season was just a dream. I mean, and the way they ended, no time to die. I'm really fearful it's going to be something like that. Well, hey, that we're going to go through Dallas here. We're going to go through some things that might be crazy. And we're going to go wacky here. We're going to come <laughs> up with some stuff here that could keep Bond alive, but it's going to be probably, I'm sorry, Tom, but wackier than JR, I think. <laughs> All right. So Tom and I are casting a very wide net out here into the fiction universe for ways that Eon can get out of the corner that they painted themselves in. And if you don't believe they painted themselves in the corner, I'm sorry. Okay, fine. You have your opinion. They painted themselves in a corner. That's our opinion. Everybody has an opinion about this. That's for sure. Yeah. And most of these things we're going to come up with are as spectacular as Spock coming back to life or JR, (laughs) but you can make a dead fictional character alive again with a few keystrokes. (laughs) Okay, so now, Dan, I want to make sure what we're going to talk about here is we're going to talk about how other quote unquote deaths have happened in fiction and how they were dealt with to keep things going. Correct. And beyond. And beyond. Okay. (laughs) We're going to get crazier. (laughs) (laughs) To infinity and beyond. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Fake deaths. First of all, everybody knows there's been tons of movies with fake deaths. Right. We know Bond is known for his resourcefulness and his ability to stage his own death with help. Of course, usually he did it in You Only Live Twice. Of course, Ashenden did it in Secret Agent 1936 movie. So it is possible that Bond here faked his own death in No Time to Die, maybe to disappear like Sherlock Holmes said he did and continue working undercover. That was so you're Sherlock saying Holmes there's a chance. Story. There's a chance. Right? What's the chance? He'll go out with me about one in a million. Oh, so you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Heck, even the diamonds are forever. Bond fakes his death briefly with Tiffany Case when she says, you'll kill James Bond when he puts his card into Peter Franks's uh, wallet to make it look like it was Bond that got killed. Yeah, because like, Bond- she's going to know who James Bond is. Yeah, I know. I, that's the other thing. Is like, okay, you know, everybody knows who James Bond is, of course. Secret agent. So secret. Bond was quote-unquote dead for a minute there, huh? <laughs> yeah, right, right. Fake death again. And Bond has not done this for quite a while. So it's time for him to do it, maybe, in No Time to Die. Or what about that the story was told from an unreliable narrator's perspective? I mean, we do know that Swan tells something to Matilda, the daughter, their daughter, James Bond's daughter, with Swan at the end of No Time to Die. Mathilde? I'm going to tell you a story. About a man. His name was Bond. James Bond. Oh, she's Dallas to me. (laughs) She's going to tell a story. My question is, has she been telling us the story the whole time? Here, this whole story in No Time to Die. Has she been telling us? Is is No Time to Die her James Bond fiction? Yeah, is that her fiction? Her idea of what happened? 
Kind of like Fleming's novel, The Spy Who Loved Me, was not told from Bond's perspective. Maybe this whole movie, No Time to Die, was told from Swan's perspective. And it's all wrong. Could be a ruse to fool us or just inaccurate because Swan does not know the whole story either. So okay. that's one out. <laughs> so if this out happens, Dan, so you know I flew to England to see No Time to Die because <laughs> it opened there before it came here. I, yeah. I, I was worried about the ending of this story. I needed to see it before I heard anything about it. Yeah. If this theory holds about this being Swan's story, if you will, uh-huh. I'll probably vomit. And it's one of the reasons I will not go see Bond 26 until I hear about it. Okay. That can right. be opposite for no, no Time to Die. All right. Because if it is that story, I'm not going to bother going to see it. All right. All right. So that's one theory, Dan. Right? That's one. Let's go to another like say, one. It's going to make me vomit. So now <laughs> there's another way we could deal with this going forward because Bond movies are replete with gadgets and the best technology. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah. heck, MI6 was behind Project Heracles. On the you RAM, know? yeah. Yeah. So yeah. there could have been a hidden project that somehow thwarts the effects of Project Heracles. I like that. Some kind of life extending or enhancing technology that maybe was still a secret. I like that. Now, maybe, just maybe, I'm stretching (laughs) here, it could come to pass that Bond had access to some experimental life-saving technology that allowed him to survive no time to die's gruesome end. And perhaps unbeknownst even to M and the rest of MI6, for the moment possible it's fiction so why couldn't technology get him out of this yeah i mean technology we, got him into it and i mean would we buy it yeah we're gullible fans <laughs> so probably <laughs> yeah again it's a possibility because it's fiction so yeah i mean technology got him into the bind why not technology get him out of the bind because since this is fiction one possible theory is what they did towards the end of Spies in Disguise, where they used the inflatable hug. And maybe <laughs> he got into the inflatable hug and the blast blew him off the island, but he was protected because he was in the inflatable hug. I like Who that. knows? It's technology. It's fiction. You can do whatever you want. Once you go down the technology route, anything can be possible. And so, hey, I like that theory as well. That's another out for him. But my question was this. I was wondering, is this really Bond who died at the end of the movie? Could it have been a cloned Bond or a person made up to look like Bond? Uh, I mean, sure about that one. Hey, (laughs) we saw that we saw this already in in a Bond movie. Blofeld played by Charles Gray in Diamonds Are Forever. He had the whole cloning machine working already, right? Way back in 1971. So possible? Yeah, it's possible. Or, Or look at Mission Impossible and the masks convincing the enemy for years that a person who is not the person being represented by the masks is indeed the person. So confusing, maybe, but possible? Yeah. So it may have been a real person sacrificing themselves, but not Bond. Could Bond have had a whole body double? Hmm. Hey, is it possible? (laughs) It's fiction. No. There's another round for us. Here, here's okay. one way I could believe it. What okay. Daniel Craig did with that character that we quote unquote saw as James Bond mm. <laughs> in that movie 
was nothing like the James Bond we've seen in any other James Bond movie. So it's possible there was a clone in place here because he sure <laughs> didn't go. act like James Bond. There you go. Right. Yeah. He's out of character there. Right. Cause I mean, he's not listening to Q. Oh, he's having an escape plan. Yeah. Okay. So let since we're getting wacky here, <laughs> let's get wackier. All right. Maybe <laughs> just maybe there could be a secret magic uh, elixir, something like that. I like right? that. So perhaps some innovative experimental medical procedure and maybe they inject him or he gets this procedure or something and somehow he's brought back from death's door. I like that. Why not? I mean, God, we have stuff like that today where you get injected, right? You got an EpiPen to save your life if you're getting a peanut allergy reaction and so on. Boom. And it saves your life instantly. Why not here? I like that. All right. but they have to be able to get to him to administer it. That's it. That's or it. he could have it himself. As he I was could have it in his 50 things he's carrying with him in the movie. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I was trying I was trying to figure out, okay, this magical history, how the heck would he actually get it? Yeah, there you go. He's got it in one of those packs. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Let's get really crazy. Let's get nuts now, right? And help Eon Productions out. A lot of no time to die is science fiction it's not just fiction it's science fiction and so i why said not? i don't like science fiction i know I but like this okay movie. that's why you didn't like this movie then yep all right so it's not just fiction it's science fiction so why not sci-fi into spy-fi oh, with God. astral projections here we go or teleportation <laughs> like in star trek hey m beam me up i gotta get out of here that'd be <laughs> q that would beam him up yeah, hey, Q, beat me up. Get me out of here. All right. It really is just an extension of the science in No Time to Die because it's all science anyway. The whole thing is science, science fiction, or maybe really go nuts and have time travel or parallel universes. I mean, Dr. Michio Kaku talks about parallel universes. I've read a couple of his books about them being real possibilities. So let's get really wacky. <laughs> He's in a freaking parallel universe. You're going way out here now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We're trying to help out Ian Productions. As Giving them as some can. ideas. <laughs> trying to give them some ideas as wacky as they can be. Okay. So here's another one. Here's one kind of trying to take it wacky again. What if maybe there's a secret intelligence organization that MI6 doesn't even know about? I like that. Maybe they snatched Bond out from the claws of death. And they've kidnapped him. I mean, He's been kidnapped not? before. <laughs> why not? I mean, Project Heracles was operational. Why not yeah. take this one more crazy step with some secret society organization getting Bond out of there just in the nick of time? Why not? Maybe even a friendly organization above MI6, who MI6 doesn't know about. Wow. After all, M and everybody toasted Bond at the end of the movie, assuming he was dead. Yeah. So maybe they didn't really know. Maybe the foreign office or the home office or the Ministry of Defense is holding some secret from MI6. That's possible too. I like this idea. <laughs> it happens all the time in real life. We talked to Andrew Bustamante, who was a, a real ex-CIA covert spy in the field. And you know, there's suggestions of things like that. Sometimes you don't know everything that's going on. We just did the decoding of the spy who came in from the cold. And there was a lot of stuff going on there that agents didn't even know was happening from their own people. So 
possible. I like that, Tom. I like this one. That's good. <laughs> Right. Okay, can, I can't. Okay, I'm getting out. I'm getting close to out of ideas on how to say them. Do you have anything else? Yeah, yeah. I got a. I got one that's even wackier too. Uh, that's that <laughs> maybe the wackiest yet. <laughs> maybe. I mean, just maybe. Bond was in the Matrix, <laughs> <laughs> or some similar virtual reality or simulation machine. We have seen how real this can be. Heck. Even dreams seem so real at times. So so sophisticated dream machine or a matrix-like machine could be at work here. Think about it. Bond could have been placed in a virtual reality simulation, <laughs> making, making it appear that he died. While in reality, he's still alive. How's that? That's fantastic. Uh, all right. So It is fantastic. It's, it's fantastical. Oh, yeah, there. I forgot the eagle. (laughs) All right. So one of our top contributors to our private Facebook group, the worldwide community of spy movie fans, Morgan Lisney, suggested that maybe Bond has a device that neutralizes the incoming missiles from really causing any damage or killing him. Oh, hey, that's not impossible, because right? You got to, you got to, you got to destruct the signal. You can send the missiles sometimes and blow them up. Hey, go ahead. That's good. Morgan. That's good. Yeah. Cause I mean, now Morgan, you know, like he says here, this could have happened because we never really see Bond's body exploding into pieces, right? No, we don't. So it's left to our imagination. Now, maybe they just thought that would be too gruesome, but it does give them this out. So it's a good idea, Morgan. Yeah, I mean, you leave it to our imagination, and you know, our imagination is going to run wild, like we are right now. Wild. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> all right, all right. Getting more down to reality, maybe they're just going to do what they might do, right—a prequel or an origin story. We've seen this in Kingsman, Star Wars, and other movies as well. Of course, Bond is dead. So the future of Bond must be his past. And we will see a whole new set of James Bond movies from when he was a boy being recruited into the service and so on. Jeez, even Barbara Broccoli said that James Bond made the ultimate sacrifice. So, you know, she wants us to think he's dead. But then we know the end game already, right? He's dead. He dies in his last mission. So I don't know. Somehow this would not be satisfying to me. When we do see a bunch of prequels, it hasn't really worked for Star Wars. The whole interest in Star Wars has fallen off since Disney took it over because they have all these prequels, all these side stories, all these character stories and everything else. And the interest level is not as high anymore. So, well, and again, you keep talking about the fact that we know the end game. Yeah. And the big thing for me about him dying there is he's no longer invincible and we know it. And yeah. I, I said this earlier, to me, that's the most important part here because future missions, we know he possibly could die. Where yeah, in other is, missions, it's like, okay, we know he's going to get out of it. How's he going to get out of it? Well, that's the whole idea, right? And that's what Fleming meant when he said, no, he couldn't afford to kill off Bond. That you, you put a situation out there where you think, okay, how the heck is he going to get out of this deal? Now, Daniel Craig is Bond, playing Bond, the the character you saw some vulnerability you see him bleed you see him get hurt you see him uh, uh, vulnerable but the ultimate end getting killed is yeah (laughs) no 
Okay, now here, here's another idea. Okay. Maybe EM Productions just ignores what they did. Put They've another, done it before. Yeah, put, a, <laughs> put another person in for Bond, and he's on another mission. They totally ignore the Daniel Craig arc and the fact that they did kill off Bond. Sir, I mean, continuity, we've talked about this in many of our episodes, has never been a strong suit for James Bond movies. So why not just say, okay, we screwed up, right? Killing off our goose that lays the golden egg. So let's ignore it like it never happened, like it should have never happened. I mean, if we did not have the writer's strike that got us Quantum of Solace, we probably wouldn't have gotten here. Yeah. And so let's ignore that that whole part of Bond's life ever happened. Yeah, ignore it. That's what they can do. And they say, hey, everybody, just forget about what we did. Oops, yeah, never mind, never mind. Pay no attention to that man behind the screen. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's remember that EM Productions is in the storytelling business, though. That's what they do, right? And with fiction, anything can happen. Any of the stuff we just said can happen. And as we pointed out, it has happened already enough in movies and in stories. So if they keep Bond alive, meaning somehow he survived No Time to Die while everyone else in the movie died, all they need is a semi-plausible storyline. And I'm saying a semi-plausible storyline. And we will all go with it, right? We're gonna I'm run not sure about me on that. <laughs> Any any of the crazy things we just talked about in this podcast episode would suffice. So, yeah, okay, all right. We're going to have this willing suspension of disbelief. We'll run with it. But him being dead, I got a problem with that. And you are not alone. Because let's face it, where do they want to go? I mean, do they even have a clue where they want to go? That's a good question. I mean, some part of us says, yes, of course they do. And they'll play up close to the vest. That's why they were able to put the James Bond will return because they know what's going to happen. Yeah. They're going to play it close to the vest until they, Eon Productions, are ready to announce what they will do. Now, yeah. they're not going to tell us when they say we're starting to work on Bond 26. They're not going to give it away. No. That's that would be what Mission Impossible does. Mission Impossible gives away everything before you go see the movie. Yeah. Here, hopefully Bond learns from this. And them saying, yes, we we are working on Bond 26, then I'm okay. Yeah. And, you know, there's another part of us says, no, they have no idea what they're doing or where they're going. And really, either one is believable because what we get is very little. The family, I mean, look at them. The family's run this business for over 60 years. They built it into a multi-billion dollar business. So maybe they do know. What well, wait, 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 though, Dan. They <laughs> still have Purvis and Wade writing. Yeah, that's true. They don't know what they're doing. We're not seeing any evidence of Bond 26 yet. And they seem to be in no hurry to tell us anything either, anything tangible at least, that we can sink our teeth into about Bond 26. So Amazon's got to be all over them, though, Dan. You would think after spending, what did they spend, eight point something billion dollars? I don't remember. It was a big number. (laughs) Yeah, over eight billion, I think. So, yeah, you think they want something back for their money? I mean, they have the catalog <laughs> stuff of movies, and they're showing them on Prime and so on. But, Can I get a little return on my investment, please? Yeah. All right. So we're encouraging EN Productions to take a listen here 
and pick one of our alternatives and run with it. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> Is that asking too much? I don't think so. Well, all even right. even I mean, look at how you ended with you. You talked about the eulogy at the end, right? Yeah. Mallory goes through this, mm -hmm. and he misquotes a Jack London line. Yeah, yeah, which so is the, weird. Left the, the word Jack, out, didn't he? Yeah, the the Jack London quote is, and I'm going to only do part of the quote. The part that matters here is because it's a longer quote than this. But London's quote is: "The proper function of man is to live, not to exist. I shall not waste my days in trying to prolong them. I shall use my time." Yeah. So that's what London's quote is. Yeah. In this movie, they drop the word "proper." So they're not saying it's the proper function of man. They're just saying the function of man. Which is bizarre because he's reading it, right? Emma's reading it from the book. So you would think they'd have the words correct. They're like, can you read? Read that. <laughs> now, right. the other part, since you, you say book, and this, this kind of goes back to the theory that he's not really dead, that it's a fake death, is that in the novel, you only live twice meaning you get a second shot at life because mm -hmm. we can fake your death. Mary Goodnight suggests the epitaph for Bond, or the obit for Bond should say, I shall not waste my days in trying to prolong them. I shall use my time. Yeah, so the, those two lines, I shall not waste my days and I shall use my time, are in the Fleming novel, yes. you only live twice. So the weird thing to me in this movie about this is, they put the line before it into the movie and drop the word. Yeah. Like I and said, so, you're reading it, read it. But is, so is this really to kind of fake us out because we're faking Bond's death? And is this telling moment, poignant moment at the end of the movie trying to give us that? We don't know. But again, it goes back to one of our, one of our outs for Eon that, hey, even M doesn't know what's going on with Bond, that Bond may have survived, right? Some thing above him, some organization like you were talking about says, hey, we, you know, we know what's going on, but you don't yet. And maybe we're all going to find out because we know one way or another, James Bond will survive. It's going to go on. It's multi-billion dollar business. It's how much of it will be a challenge to our belief system. How much <laughs> of a willing suspension of disbelief must we conjure up <laughs> yeah and it better it better be a good one <laughs> yeah and i believe all of ours that we've suggested here have been good ones <laughs> well, not quite so sure about that Dan. Yeah. yeah i think we've come up with some great ones for eon productions we don't even want a commission on this eon just run with one of our ideas and go with it that's great well that's a wrap of our take on bond being blown oh, no, up sir <laughs> This has been Dan and Tom of SpyMovieNavigator.com and our show Cracking the Code of Spy Movies. Please do us a favor and subscribe to our show through your favorite podcast app and on our YouTube channel as well. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you spending time with us.